Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited on this first week of Fortnite's training camp to be joined by NFL insider Jordan Schultz to talk all things. 49ers. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tracy. Great to be here. So let's jump right in with the topic. I was going to say the topic of the hour, but it's basically been the topic of every hour since March 26, 2021. Trey Lance will be starting as QB1. I understand Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. That's not going to be the case week one. I'm sure because I said that it will be, but I really do not believe it's going to be the case week one. Let's talk a little bit about that. I've seen Trey obviously throw in practice in the offseason programs. What are you hearing about the 49ers new, hopefully franchise quarterback? Uh, and San Francisco is really, really excited about Trey Lance. I think because he didn't play a lot in North Dakota state and he didn't play in the sec, um, you know, the, the small sample size of what we as fans and reporters have seen, it's tough to gauge. But um, what I've heard, the, the, the two biggest things that I've heard that I think are really exciting if, is if you're a Niners fan about Trey Lance. One is he's a really hard worker. And and you, you, listen, you can hear that. But mm-hmm. with Trey, I can tell you that everyone you talk to says this guy is an absolute monster in terms of the film room, his body, what he's eating, the way that he prepares. And I think last year, despite the fact that I'm sure he wanted to play was, was really good for him to sit and learn for the majority of the season. So that's exciting. And then two is just the arm strength. I think he's got just a tremendous arm. He's, he's athletic. He's super smart. And, you know, obviously you have this Debo situation looming over the team, but as a whole, if you think about Debo and Ayuk, um, the fact that they've been able to, uh, you know, surround him with a really good offensive line. I, I, I'm really excited about Trey Lance. There will be a learning curve, but mm-hmm. without question, um, the work ethic and the, just the natural talent, the leadership, he has the full package and all the tools you need to become a successful quarterback. We really saw in the offseason program when he would come and talk to the media. I mean, he was like a different person. And he admitted, you know, he said last year, I was a rookie. I was the backup quarterback that put me in a bit of an awkward position when he did talk to the media and he didn't talk to us very often, but you could see it really in day one of the off season program. He walked in there, he walked to the podium and it just felt like, yeah, this guy, this guy is the starting quarterback for a football team. And so I know that games are not won in press conferences and games are not necessarily one with work ethic. Well, I take that back. They're not one in press conferences. I do think work ethic becomes, becomes a huge thing, but, but I would have to agree with you. I think the team is excited. I think there will be a learning curve. It's 49ers fans have to prepare themselves. There will be the game. There'll be the occasional game of three interceptions and a fumble and a this and a that, but he's essentially a rookie quarterback coming in to lead this team, but you brought up Debo. So let's talk Debo. And then I want to get back to a little Garoppolo trade package, but you did bring up Debo Samuel. You know, I would assume he will report he would be fined $50,000 a day if he didn't. That feels like a lot of money. Uh, so I imagine he will report. I'm not so sure he'll actually participate in practice. Will he be in meetings, the film room? Absolutely. Not sure he'll participate. You know, what are you thinking is going to happen in terms of this contract extension? And are we going to see it happen sometime in these next few weeks? I really hope so because, you know, <laughs> at the age of 26, the season he just had, uh, he's such a, 
massive part of of what this team wants to do. And obviously it comes down to what does he want? You know, how much does he want to play strictly receiver and how much is he willing to line up? I think he was banged up last year uh, without question down the stretch. He battled through it. He he deserves to be paid. I'm, I'm of the mindset you need to take care of him. Um, but will he report to camp? You know, if he reports and he doesn't participate, there's no fine. So there's really not a whole lot of downside to reporting and just being a part of meetings, um, but being you know removed from a physical standpoint, uh, which I would assume he would do. In terms of a deal getting done, um, I, I I don't think they're super close to say the least right now. Um, you know, he's represented by CA Sports Story Dan, who also represents DK Metcalf, another guy whose whose deal is not particularly close. Um, so a lot, a lot needs to happen. But um, bottom line is, I I can tell you definitively. And I don't think there's any surprise that San Francisco wants Debo in the building long-term. It's, it really comes down to what does he want? And I think for Debo, and I don't know if he's looking at it this way right now. Um, and I'm just, I'm just a reporter. So I don't actually play on the field, which is better for everybody. But for Debo, it feels like the best place for him to be is in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And of course you brought up how much does he want to play running back? And I felt like in the draft this year, the 49ers, whether they would admit it or not, kind of made a little bit of a statement. They did draft Ty Davis price, which doesn't bode super well for Trey Sermon, which we can get to there in a little bit. They drafted Danny Gray. It felt like some of those first few picks that they had were to take a little bit of pressure pressure off of Debo. I also would make the argument, and I have on this podcast multiple times, with a different quarterback with a different skill set, they may not need to use Debo at running back as much as they did last season. So yeah. it would be kind of interesting how that plays out. Well, well, a hundred percent with Lance that once you have Trey, then you can incorporate a lot more of the, the read option stuff. I think, you know, similar to what Philadelphia did with Hertz last year, um, you know, narrowing the learning curve for Trey, which is making, making easy one and two reads and allowing him to run. You mentioned Danny Gray. I know they were thrilled to get him really, really fast guy out of SMU who had a terrific season. And you mentioned Davis price, which is huge because um, that was someone that, a lot of teams really liked. And as he went through the pre-draft process, I heard a lot of this guy can help from day one. This is before he went to San Francisco, you know, his physical running style, he was really, he, he didn't get a ton of touches at LSU the last couple of years, but uh, they loved him there. And I think the Niners are going to love him as well. His physical running style, Trey Sermon, obviously uh, I wouldn't give up on him yet, but obviously with Davis price there, that's another, no, that's more competition. Obviously Raheem goes to Miami too. So we'll, we'll see about that. But in terms of the weapons, um, yeah, adding Danny and, and Davis Price should alleviate some of the stuff for Debo. Certainly. And I think we're going to see a pretty incredible season from Brandon. IU. you know, last year he went through a lot to start the season. And I think it's a real Testament to IU that he kind of overcame that and didn't let ego get in the way. But I think we're going to see now a full season of the Brandon. IU that everybody saw his rookie year. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this wide receiving core, assuming, let's assume a Debo deal gets done, or let's assume, even if it doesn't, he comes, he plays, because he wants to get a huge deal somewhere next year. You have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray. I mean, you end up with a pretty incredible receiving core, which is not something that has necessarily been a strength of his team. And I didn't even mention George Kittle, because, of course, he is part of that form. You know, go ahead. Well, Jennings was huge for them down the stretch, and a lot of people he's they got a ton of young talent at receiver so um 
really that whole offense has a lot of young talent and, and I'm really excited. I've been on record that I think Trey Lance is going to exceed expectations uh, this season. I think the offense is going to be very good to me. They're an 11, 12 win team. I, there, there's no reason why they, they can't be a legit playoff team and potentially a contender, um, you know, maybe in a year or two, but with, with, with in regard to the offense and those receivers, they're absolutely loaded. And, you know, you're going to have to see Jennings take a jump. Ayuk, I think was just, he showcases when you watch him and he's right, you, you see a legit number one receiver. So in mm-hmm. theory, you have number one guys. And you have Ayuk and Trey Lance have spent a tremendous amount of time together this offseason working together, which, which will only be a, ben- a benefit for them. So you mentioned Trey Sermon. We've obviously talked about Trey Lance. There's just Trey's everywhere on this team. But this sophomore class of the 49ers, really, this is a huge year kind of for all of them. Uh, you have Ambry Thomas at cornerback, who we saw really come alive towards the end of the season, a guy who didn't play in 2020 sat out, you know, the COVID year. And as the season went on and he got into better shape and got more used to the NFL style of play, that was, he did amazing. Elijah Mitchell obviously was incredible for this team last year. Trey Lance, we've talked a lot about Trey Sermon. Maybe they don't give up on him, but we'll see what happens there. Aaron Bates. So basically that class kind of becomes, it becomes interesting because the way the team stays good is to draft well and have guys on rookie contracts that are contributing and playing well for these next few years. So when you look at that 2021 draft class, does the success of this team depend on the success of that group? A lot of it. And Thomas is probably out of all those guys, you know, arguably the most important because mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he mentioned him playing well. Um, I think if he can take another step forward, that would be enormous for them because, you know, they're, they have not had the, the Niners have not necessarily had a true, you know, number one guy. I don't know if Thomas gets there in the next couple of years, but just having him be consistent would be huge. Um, you know, someone who can card number twos, that would be really helpful to say the least. Um, so you mentioned who else did you say? Uh, well, Sturman too, like, you know, where they drafted him considering his pedigree, um, there's you you expected him to to do so much and you want him to do so much i know that that he's a talented guy um and they they would love when you draft someone that high you want you investing in them and you want them to have success you're going to have opportunities so that's why i said let's not give up on him just yet but out of all those guys probably the corner would be the most important for me and corner is interesting because they also signed charvarius ward and they haven't really invested in corner they paid him a lot of money and they have not invested in corner in that way. And certainly not as long as I've been covering this team. And I think, you know, far before that. So all of a sudden though, that cornerback position has a lot of depth because you do have Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, who are your presumptive starters. But when you talk about Ambry Thomas, I feel like there's a chance they're looking at him to take over the Mosley position next year because Mosley's going into into a contract year. You have Sam Womack, who I think is going to be the surprise candidate who ends up winning the starting nickel position. But there's a lot of depth there. Of course, Jason Verrett coming back and to try to bounce back and make the team. I mean, it's kind of incredible that they're now in a position where Jason Verrett may not make the team, that that's the depth they have at corner. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying he may not. I think he will, but... It's kind of a crazy place to be in, especially when you look at where they were a few years ago. Well, <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, well, the Ward move was huge. That was, you know, one of the most important moves uh, that that they made, or arguably the most important, considering 
he was really, really good and a really tough division for the Chiefs. So for him to come in and get that kind of money and be a number one guy, you know, that's that's what they're expecting and, and rightfully so. So uh, I, I think Jason makes the team. You mentioned Sam, too. Uh, there's certainly a lot of excitement with him. Um, you know, I, I think it's easy to forget about a lot of that depth. I didn't even think about him. So that's a great that's a great point. Um, but you need it. You need it. And the NFC West as a whole is, you know, Seattle is, is like, I don't know what to expect, but not a whole lot. Uh, I think the Rams will be better, obviously bringing in Allen and the mm-hmm. fact that they have here with Matt uh, Stafford. And then obviously I mentioned the Niners. Um, you know, I, I think San Francisco has a chance to, to be extremely dangerous. And, you know, Arizona, despite the fact that they faded last season, thought they had a, a great off season and there's going to be a lot of excitement for saving Collins and Isaiah Simmons, those two young defenders. And the fact that they just took care of Kyler and brought in Hollywood Brown. I, it's a, it's a very tough division. Certainly. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines, find reviews and news for every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's funny with Seattle because I agree with you. I don't know what to expect. I mean, it used to be if you had, they had Russell Wilson, they would at least be competitive. But now they have Drew Locke. However, I am going to, because I am a professional, transition this into another conversation that we haven't talked much about. And I believe on all 49ers podcasts, you are contractually obligated to say the name Jimmy Garoppolo at least five to seven times. So (laughs) they have Drew Locke, but there's the slight, little, tiniest chance that their QB one ends up being Jimmy Garoppolo feels like a long shot. Though the storylines are spectacular. What do you think? I mean, I don't really where I think he goes. I think he ends up a Texan, but what, what do you think the odds are? I tell you why I don't think he's going to be a Seahawk. It's similar to why I didn't think Baker would be a Seahawk because Seattle wants Drew. They, they want Drew Locke to work out, you know, That's at 25. They, they, <laughs> They, they want to say, John Snyder wants to say, I, I saw something. I will say that they liked him when he came out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of the reason he was ultimately traded. And they, they felt like he can be a starting quarterback. He flashed two years ago. And obviously last season was horrendous when he did play. Um, I don't think a great word. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Garoppolo is a Seahawk though. I feel, see, I'm telling you, Seattle wants to make it work with Drew Locke and they paid Geno Smith a little over $7 million a year in case things don't go well. So um, it's interesting. You said the Texans because Houston loves Davis Mills. It's not the worst yeah. idea to bring in Jimmy as a, as a potential backup, but uh, Houston, Houston loves Davis Mills. I'll tell you that. Well, and it's interesting because it, it's so crazy to think that, Jimmy Garoppolo, who they went to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. They went to the, they went from three and five to the NFC championship game. And I'm not saying that that was all Jimmy. And I think there there's many a person who would make the argument that it was in spite of Jimmy. I don't, I don't believe that because I think that he was a very integral part of that team in a variety of ways, but it's so kind of crazy to think that he could end up in 
Houston is Davis Mills' backup. And that's not a knock on Davis Mills. It's just kind of crazy. But this offseason, a lot of things happened. There was the shoulder surgery. There was Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. There was Deshaun Watson. There was Matt Ryan. There was Carson Wentz. There were so many things that happened that we didn't necessarily predict. And I think the 49ers also did not necessarily predict that the market now as to where he could go is very limited. And, I, you know, for the Texans, it also, he could come in and, and be a little bit for Davis Mills, what he was last year for Trey Lance. That is a possibility. But I think for Garoppolo too, you know, do you want to be a, bridge quarterback the rest of his career. I know it's just kind of crazy to think of kind of where he was to where he is I, now, but that's the, that's the league. Yeah, I really did. Um, that's, that's been a big surprise to me, but, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I don't know how they can, it was kind of like Cleveland with Mayfield, certainly not as bad, but I don't know how Garoppolo can be on the roster week one. I just don't, I don't know how that makes sense for anyone. It's not good for anyone because you end up, I think it's, first of all, you could do one year of this Jimmy or Trey thing. And it was very clear that it was going to be Jimmy. So you can do one year of that. It's not good for Garoppolo. It's not good for the 49ers. It's not good for Lance. So you can't put Lance in a position where he has a bad game and, or two bad games, which may happen because he's essentially a rookie quarterback. And you have now all the fans and everyone calling for Jimmy Garoppolo, which is of course ridiculous based on what happened last year, but you know, that everyone's calling for Jimmy. It's just bad for everyone. And I don't, I don't think it benefits anyone involved. So I just don't see how he could be on the roster. Certainly, he certainly couldn't be on his salary, but I just don't think he could be. Yeah, the way to look at that. If you're a Niners fan or uh, any fan, if, if you're, if your team has a quarterback, that's, um, you know, been, been rumored, for example, to be traded, it's all about, how does it affect the future of the team in terms of what's the most valuable asset? In the Niners' case, it's Trey Lance, and mm-hmm. and having Jimmy there this season doesn't help him. It doesn't help. It doesn't help Trey Lance. It, if anything, it hurts him, and and that's the bottom line. So for me, uh, you know, I, I just would be stunned if if he was there week one. I, I just I don't see a situation where that happens. I don't either. I think if if he doesn't get traded, he will be released. That that's my feeling on that. I just think that's you know, that's probably going to happen. And you brought up a really good point, your most valuable asset. And it's not just about this season. It's about the future of the team. And I do think having Garoppolo in the roster this year becomes a detriment to the future of the team because it's a detriment to let to land. So it all comes full circle yeah. back to this, these quarterbacks. So you said an 11 or 12 win team, which I think I'm sure 49ers fans everywhere are rejoicing and jumping up and down for that one. I, I would agree with you. I think I'm going to go 11 wins, but I'm going to, I'm going to do something really annoying because we're recording this July 25th. It'll go live July 26th, which means the Super Bowl is like a gazillion years from now, but I am going to make you give me a prediction on who's in the Super Bowl and who wins. This is like a way too early prediction. I I think my preseason pick last year was Rams over bills, which I felt really, uh, this year, there's so much hype with Buffalo. I just, I don't know if I can, if I can quite get there. Um, and I'm really excited about Green Bay because of the defense. They, they've really loaded up on it. Um, the ASC is such a monster. Uh, man, that's tough. Uh, right now, in July, July 25th. Um, I'm going to probably surprise people, but I'm going to go Green Bay. Over, well, dogs. The, do- the uh, dogs are like Green Bay. Are you kidding? 
Green Bay over Baltimore. Green Bay over Baltimore. Well, that I'm, actually feels like such an old school, amazing Super Bowl. And clearly my dogs are super excited about it. Big, big Green Bay and Baltimore fans here in Lamar Jackson, monster bounce back here. Can't wait to see Rashad Bateman. Um, I, they're going to run the ball. I, I love Dobbins. I, I really like what they did in terms of Linderbaum in the draft at center, which is going to solve a lot of problems. And then Kyle Hamilton who's a day one starter. The Ravens to me are, are one of my big sleepers. Okay. I mean, I really, I kind of love that Super Bowl. Sorry for Niners fans, but that just feels like, it feels like football. And that feels yeah. like football in January. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super, I'm super into it. Okay. Bringing it back to the 49ers before I let you go, how far do you think they get? I think San Francisco is a uh, wild card divisional team. Okay. I don't think they get out of the divisional because then you're asking, then you're asking to get to an NFC championship. You're asking Trey Lance to beat someone like Rogers or Dak Prescott or whoever you want to pick in the NFC, a top, top tier quarterback. That's a massive ask for a, for a guy who hasn't, who basically played 14 games in North Dakota state and then hasn't mm-hmm. played in the NFL. But I, I do think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And I think within two to three years, this is a contending team. I just think he needs a couple of years to play, but bottom line is the playoff team, uh threat to win the NFC West, probably a, a wild card team and then gets into the wild card divisional round. And it would be amazing if the 49ers are once again in Dallas for the first round of the playoffs and then in Green Bay yeah. for the second round of the playoffs. That would be pretty incredible. A little, little deja vu all over again. But I would agree. I think asking Trey Lance to beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay might be difficult. Uh, but yeah. losing, 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 losing your guy to Miami is, you know, that affects Kyle as well, as much as I love Kyle. Um, you know, so, yeah. No, things things are going to be very different than the coaching staff. You bring up a great point. There were a lot of changes on the coaching staff. So that is, that's going to take some time. Um, as a Michigan person, I have to ask because I was the most excited about this. What do you think? First of all, I was also very excited that you said Ambry Thomas is the most important because go blue. I love the fan, so I'm biased on him. You love who? Sorry. I've always liked Thomas. I'm biased on him. So I love it. That's awesome. No, I, I actually think, I think Ambry Thomas has the potential to be a star. I actually really do. And we'll say July 25th, 2022, you heard it here first on this podcast, but what do you think is Brian Greasy coming in as Trey Lance's quarterbacks coach? I, it, great stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't, I, you, you went to UM, you're, you're, you're all about go blue. Oh, I'm uh, about that, that was a great, that was a really good hire and, and something that can't be overstated. I mean, quarterback coaches, are the lifeblood of young quarterbacks. You know, we saw it, for example, in Miami, uh, in Buffalo with Josh Allen, and now obviously Kafka and Daniel Jones in New York, another one I really like. Uh, we mentioned Miami with, with Tua. Uh, but having a young quarterback coach or a, a really good quarterback coach or, or a really good innovative head coach can make a massive difference. So now for Trey, you have Brian and Kyle. That's, that's a great one-two punch. I have to agree. I think, I think it's going to be awesome. Well, Jordan, I really appreciate you joining me today. Uh, Great stuff. Training camp starts. Well, when this comes out, training camp starts today. And I mean, it just feels like it's good. It's a good football. Very, very good. Very excited. It's uh, officially like you, you can see week one right there. It's right in the. You can. You're, you're getting, I mean, in a month, the preseason's over. So if you put it in those that perspective, we are just, just a little bit away. Well, thank you so much for joining me, you guys. 
We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody later this week with our first training camp update. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.